was recently at a friend of mine's house. Um, they have uh, two little girls, um, both very, very young, and, um, and it, it's fun to watch their personalities kind of start to really come into their own and to see how different they are. But because they're pretty close in age, I think they're two and four, uh, they also, um, I mean, they're very close and there's a little bit of competitiveness between them. And so naturally, I mean, they're the most adorable little girls that, you know, if I say something like, wow, I really love your dress, they love to play dress up. Um, the other one will come running and show me her dress as well so that they can, I can compliment her as well. Or uh, say they were uh, coloring or something, I'll say, wow, I really love how good you colored. Well, well then the other one will then come and show me their, uh, their coloring piece. And, and it's, it's adorable, it's sweet, but it, it shows um, how natural it can be for siblings sometimes to um, compare themselves to each other. How siblings sometimes, uh, especially as they grow up, are con- like they have just this natural competitiveness about them. Not always, but a lot of siblings experience this in different ways. And that, that even further speaks to how all of us can struggle with kind of comparing ourselves to someone else whether it's family or not. And whenever we see somebody succeed, certainly we might be happy for them, but there oftentimes is a little bit of a thought within us that we'll immediately think about ourselves and kind of compare ourselves according to that person that succeeded. We do this all the time. Um, I already mentioned siblings. Sometimes maybe a a sibling might be... um, praised by their parents, and another sibling might get a little jealous. Or, uh, or maybe it'll happen at work where a co-worker maybe gets promoted or, or maybe gets an award for doing something really well, and so then, the, you, know, then you start to feel a little insecure, um, and, and you immediately notice all the bad things that that co-worker does all the time, and you start judging. Uh, maybe you see um, something on social media, uh, somebody just looks you know, very beautiful or, um, or very happy or something, they've done something that is extremely fun and you start to kind of be a little resentful and jealous that you don't have that shared experience. Maybe you come to church, you see a family that just seems so perfect and happy and you just wish that your family situation was similar. Uh, maybe your neighbors, uh, they just bought a new boat or something, and they clearly have more money than you, and now you're just a little bit more jealous, and you're more stressed because, you know, you don't have enough time for yourself, and you see your neighbors, they seem so happy, and you're resentful. The list goes on and on. Maybe your kids uh, at school don't get as many awards as their classmates, and there's someone in the class that gets all the awards. It's just not fair, and um, and your kids just you know, ordinary, average, and now you're aggravated that the other kid gets all the praise and accolades. And whenever we compare ourselves, it really robs us of our joy. It, it, it robs us of our sense of self-worth, of our uh, confidence, and, and we, we struggle um, because it's just, um, for many of us, it's almost a daily experience where we'll compare ourselves to others. And this really can be poisonous in our relationships. It will divide our hearts and it'll um, sometimes sever some of our friendships. St. Paul today noticed there was great division in the church of Corinth. And in his letter to the Corinthians, we have uh, a snippet from it in our second reading today. 
where he addresses those divisions. And what was happening is that certain Corinthians were claiming to um, receive certain gifts of the Holy Spirit. And certainly, you know, some of those were, were um, truly gifts of the Holy Spirit, but, but they were starting to get jealous of which gifts they would receive, and they would kind of compare themselves based off of, you know, how gifted um, a certain Christian would be in the church. And this was causing division, it was causing uh, turmoil, and, um, and became a big distraction in the Corinthian community. And St. Paul addresses this. And he uses the great analogy that we've all heard before. There are many parts to one body. He says that we are part of the body of Christ. So the first thing to notice here is that St. Paul does not describe the church as an organization. We're not just another company. We're not just a corporate business. We're not uh, just another team. You know, we have... The Boy Scouts, the volleyball teams, the, the General Motors company, whatever, all of these things are organizations, and that's good, but the church is something different. The church is more than an organization. The church is an organism. St. Paul uses this analogy on purpose, that the church is a body, a living body, the body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the soul that animates that body of Christ. And you and I are the members that make up this body. And just as, you know, we all have a body, just as any part of our body starts to um, not serve its function, the whole body suffers. We know this, if you... um, well, some people lost taste and smell for COVID, and suddenly eating's not fun anymore, you know, and, and like you notice, uh, some people still don't have their taste and smell back. Or um, maybe you'll get uh, an infection, just a tiny little infection, like in your finger or something, but if you don't uh, treat it, that could spread, and if, you, if you're really irresponsible, that could get worse and worse and affect the rest of your body. Um, every... Every part of our body serves a function, and if, St. Paul says, if the ear gets jealous of the eyes, that's foolish, because if your whole body, if every part of your body was ears, well, then you wouldn't be able to see, you wouldn't be able to smell, you wouldn't be able to walk or do anything worthwhile. And the same is true for us in the body of Christ. Sometimes we look at other people, and we get so jealous about how gifted they are, that that person's so handsome, so beautiful, that person is so uh, good with people, that person's so witty, that person's so funny, so smart, that we, we forget about the, the ways that God has blessed us. And we forget that we too have a very unique and extremely important role to play in the body of Christ. St. Paul mentions something that we know is uh, charisms in the church. These charisms, it's a Greek word for gifts, and we all have these spiritual gifts that are given to us at baptism. And no single person has all of the spiritual gifts. Uh, God is infinite. He cannot be bound. He cannot be limited. And so he's, he's infinite in the amount of gifts he can give. But on purpose, he gives his gifts differently to different people so that we can all complement each other in our giftedness 
for the body of Christ. And St. Paul names a few. It's not an exhaustive list, but some of the, the, the gifts that he names, he says, uh, he mentions prophets and teachers and uh, works of healings and gifts of tongues. And, uh, and he, he says a few more, evangelists. And in other places, he mentions other gifts, you know, in, uh, like administration or uh, hospitality, and, and the list goes on and on. All of these gifts are part received from the Holy Spirit. If you have been baptized, you received spiritual gifts. You receive the Holy Spirit and you have charisms. And if you have been confirmed, those gifts have been activated. They have been unleashed within you. Um, I actually just recently got a, a new credit card, and before I could use it, I had to call a number and activate it. And um, the same way, a lot of us receive uh, these spiritual gifts, but without confirmation, we don't actually activate them. They don't really come alive within us. But if you've been confirmed, now you're ready. And if you don't feel like you're experiencing any spiritual gifts, well, it's probably because you're not asking or you're not, you're not actually giving it a try. Because the Holy Spirit's ready. He's ready to do something with you. But we all have unique gifts to give. We all have unique gifts to offer, but the unique thing about spiritual gifts is that they're not just for us. They don't just serve ourselves. They're not for our own building up ourselves and our own pride and our own glory. Our natural gifts can do that, and plenty of people rely just upon their natural gifts. Fine. But our spiritual gifts are given to us for one purpose, and that is to serve the body of Christ. And so we all have these unique spiritual gifts, many of us gifts that we haven't even tapped into, but we don't even realize that we have, but the Holy Spirit's ready for us to use them for one purpose, to serve the body of Christ. But as we serve the body of Christ in this, these different ways, it's so important for us to know that our sense of worth is unrelated to this entire conversation. That our sense of worth is not connected to which specific gifts we are given. We are not the sum of our talents and successes. Our sense of worth, our identity, is from the sum of the Father's love for us. It's because we are sons and daughters daughters of God the Father. Because we have been baptized, because we are united with Christ, we are sons and daughters, and therefore we are heirs to the heavenly kingdom. That's where our worth comes from, which means that there's no reason for us to compare and get discouraged because someone else has different gifts. Even if you have the same gift as someone else, but theirs just seems to be a little bit better than yours, doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with how worthy you are. It has nothing to do with how much God loves you. It's foolish to compare yourself and to become envious because envy is really a silly sin that provides no pleasure whatsoever. At least some of the other sins, you know, at least provide a little bit of pleasure. Shouldn't be doing it anyway, but, you know, I can understand why some people would go to some other sins, but envy makes no sense. There's no pleasure in that. You're just eating yourself alive, comparing yourselves and getting more and more discouraged 
and depressed. And that's not the voice of God. The voice of the enemy is the one driving you to say that because someone else has a gift, you are worthless. It's not God's voice. So St. Paul reminds us that all of us are sons and daughters and therefore heirs to the throne. We all have the Holy Spirit within us. We all have unique gifts to bring to the table. And no matter what our role is to play for the body of Christ, every role is essential. Even though some roles are a little bit more public and celebrated than others, every role is essential. So I ask you to consider, are you envious of someone? Maybe there's a sibling, maybe a family member you find yourself envious of, or maybe a coworker envious of someone at work, or maybe a classmate, someone at school, maybe a friend, someone that you love, but still find yourself wrestling with envy. Maybe you're envious of what someone else has. Maybe they're stuff. Maybe they're more wealthy and they have some really cool gadgets or a bigger house or some, or or a nicer car. Or maybe you're envious of someone's talents. Maybe they have uh, a talent that, you know, is just more public and more celebrated. Like maybe they're really good at music and everybody loves a talented musician. Or maybe they're really good at public speaking and you feel like, well, I could just never live up to that. Maybe they're great at teaching and explaining things, or they're great at organizing and taking charge. Are you envious of their gifts? Maybe you're envious of someone else's life situation. You feel like your life is just so ordinary and boring, or worse, maybe you feel like your life is filled with so much uh, suffering and other people just have it too easy. If we are envious, we want to renounce that. It's a sin that comes straight from the enemy, and we don't have to be victim to it. St. Paul tells us there are many parts to one body. We are all part of the same body of Christ, and it's the same spirit that animates this glorious body. The same spirit through the same Christ, our Lord. We all have something unique to bring to the body of Christ. And not a single person is the most important. Not a single person has all the gifts. We need each other in this body. And so instead of comparing each other, we need to complement each other. Just like the heart and the brain, think about it. The brain can't function without the heart. The heart has to pump the blood to the brain. The brain can't think without the blood flow into the brain. And vice versa. The heart can't even pump without the brain sending the electric signals to the heart. They complement each other. We don't compare. We complement. If you find yourself envious of someone, renounce it. Don't compare. Complement. Complement each other into the body of Christ. Because it's the same spirit in the same Christ our Lord. All of us have something unique and important to bring to the body of Christ. Amen.